Welcome to the Northern Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the Company Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvik. Hello, everybody. Um, I hope my sound quality is all right. I'm on my iPhone instead of my internet because it's America and things don't work here. Um, this time we're joined by Emilia Lorenzen. Uh, Hi. Hello, and welcome to the show. And Takfasist, by the way. Takfasist today? <laughs> Yeah, it was wonderful to meet you again. Yeah, <laughs> in Seattle <Good>. and <laughs> and Portland. Yeah. Oh, did you guys meet up recently? Yes. Yeah, we had uh, we had two uh, rituals: one in Seattle, and mm. one in Portland. And uh, Matthias decided to come for both of them because why not? I don't feel le- <laughs> I don't feel left out at all. Oh, <laughs> oh my little lips come out now. <laughs> <laughs> look, look like that little gif of the little boy like this goes hmm. like puts his head down and looks sad yeah the meme you mean or the yeah. like gif one, yeah. I yeah. think was, um, the second one was a bit of a, a spur of the moment uh, um, I was going to Portland anyway and uh, you guys invited me to uh, come down there and, um, and then I went and got tattooed and got in the car and then drove all the way and showed up with a bloody tattoo with a bloody arm <laughs> oh. <laughs> How very metal of you, Mateus. Very metal. That was yeah, very yeah. metal. Full, go on, full metal. Go points. on then. What did you get as a tattoo? Tell us. <laughs> I got the whole thing, right? I'm, I'm getting a cover-up of my, uh, uh, let me see, my um, embarrassing uh, 90s tattoo. So oh, um, nice. there you go. Yeah. But, of course, yeah. it's a dragon. It's a, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I think it's a Ringerik uh, uh, inspired um dragon so mm-hmm. yeah very cool very cool you seem to be getting quite a few lately what yeah. you seem to be getting quite a few tattoos lately you know yeah yeah i mean they just like they they tend to multiply right yeah. <laughs> well, well i i recently got the, my first tattoo that's and, right uh, yes and uh, I don't have a feeling like it's going to multiply. We'll oh. see. But I, I, I'm very, very happy with it. It is the perfect thing. Like, I, of course, got a petroglyph from Bonholm, from the island that I'm from. Oh, nice. And um, it is a, a sun wheel, uh, like this very beautiful sun wheel with the dots around it. That's from, from Bonholm. It's, it's the one that also, uh, yeah, a, a lot of people use it in their art. And it's just, it doesn't get less beautiful from it. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's so, pretty important. Where did you where did you have that done? I had it done in the Netherlands at the Drakkar tattoo by uh, this uh, Frisian woman called Elbrich. She oh, is nice. uh, she's hand poke artist only and uh, mm-hmm. just yeah a lovely person and uh, oh. uh, incredibly talented. So it's really nice. Wonderful. Yeah. But you, you don't think he'll spur tomorrow? I don't know. I don't think so. And uh, yeah, no, I, I really, I really love it. And it's so perfect that maybe it just is what it is. And then uh, I think just because I have so many freckles, now maybe people can't see it so much, but I have like freckles all over the place. And uh, that are kind of like my natural tattoos in a way. You know? mm-hmm. So you were saying, you were saying before we started that you're in the, the backstage area of visit where you're performing this evening? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm in LA. We just woke up in LA. We had been... Uh, We've been uh, traveling 
down from San Francisco, where we where we performed uh, the day before yesterday. Uh, no, day before that, day before, yeah, uh, tour life. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so we just woke up in LA and um, uh, have have our buses parked right outside of the the Greek theater in uh, in LA, and then then I just walked in here, and it's uh, it's really yeah, it's really cool, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I think I, I I don't know if I'll ever stop being impressed by the places that we get to play. It's really, mm. yeah, it's it's really uh, humbling in a way. It's like, whoa. Uh, yeah. I've, loved see, I've loved seeing some of the venues that Maria's been posting on yeah. Facebook and they just seem to be getting increasingly more beautiful as the tour goes on. It's, there's some stunning yeah. places. Yeah, really. And, and, and not only like stunning how they look, but also stunning how how they work and the people who work there and how passionate they are about their you know their place of work and how proud and stuff so it's um it's it's really cool to see um because oh, I that. yeah I think sometimes people forget you know about the crew mm-hmm. you know uh of part of the of the performing arts it's uh you know they put just as much passion and and love into it as as artists do so it's pretty cool. Do you think that the crews or the, or the people that work at those venues give a better service because they're a stunning venue and they're proud to be there rather than maybe at just a generic kind of concert hall or Well, that can be maybe? a thing. Yeah, maybe it can be a thing. Um, but I've also been at some venues that are like quite in a, in a way, let's say derelict in a way, like maybe not on this tour, but but other times um, where they are uh, quite old, but they're trying to keep them, you know, uh, uh, really well tended for. And then what they are proud about or what they, what they love about it, as, as I've heard and talked to them about is more the history of the place and the, mm-hmm. you know, the people who performed there or the, yeah, the historical events that happened there. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not always just aesthetics, of course, sometimes it's like also other mm-hmm less tangible things i guess yeah do you think there's more pressure to put on a a bigger performance the more history there is to a place or Mm, i don't know i mean for me i think it's like (laughs) mainly the difference that is is because if it's a very fancy venue like for instance the king's theater in brooklyn or the masonic temple in detroit uh or or the paramount in in seattle where we perform it's like it's really grandiose uh, grandiose or whatever you say mm-hmm. uh, venues then I feel like putting on my uh, apron dress and my fancy jewelry because <laughs> I have two different <laughs> stage outfits oh, and okay. I have to you know you sweat through them on, in one show mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. uh, so that that's maybe the biggest difference otherwise like energy wise and 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 uh, yeah like be, being present or, or then there's no difference really I don't feel the difference mm-hmm. I mean, the Paramount it was a really cool venue. It was, mm-hmm. you know, old and on the inside. That was that was pretty dope. An old what? It was all golden on the inside. Oh and yes. So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. For sure. Do you have a favorite that you've been to so far? Mm, well, I think what well, I think maybe King's Theater in Brooklyn. There That's was the one that stood out for it. me picture wise. Yeah. That, 
that I saw. I was just like, that place is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, aesthetics-wise, definitely. And uh, yeah, and the people who lived there were also not lived there, worked there, uh, but maybe also lived there. They probably feel like they do sometimes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but they were also incredibly proud of it because it had been uh, sort of derelict for a while, but then a lot of money was put into making mm. it, like renovating it properly. So they were just, they were super proud. And uh, yeah. that, that, you know, the city was taking care of it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the Masonic Temple in, in Detroit. Um, yeah. it, do you have a bunch of uh, like old chubby dudes with like those little red fez? Walking yeah, yeah, through. yeah. Teaming, teaming with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think it wasn't used as a Masonic temple anymore. So unfortunately, they were just your your regular after, lovely crew people. And maybe after dark, though, when you've all left, you never know. <laughs> That's usually when the fun happens. They come peeping out of the crypts and the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was an incredibly like impressive and also strange place. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, they call these weird, not gargoyles, but kind of on the outside, and uh, yeah, lots of, of course, uh, the what is it called, the, the pesa and the eye. Pesa, oh, what is pesa? Compass. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is the type of yeah. Yeah, and then the the eye, you know, those Masonic symbols everywhere. <laughs> I don't yeah. really know what Masonic is. I'm not gonna lie. The Freemasons. <laughs> oh, okay. The Freemasons. I know that. Yeah. So it's a um, <laughs> Freemason temple. Yeah. I'm, I'm so back guys, on board. <laughs> so Highland has been. Uh, uh, I know the show in Seattle was sold out. Um, mm. That's sort of like uh, also the situation for tonight when you guys are playing in in LA. Uh, I don't know actually. I I think I I don't really keep a jour uh, or whatever mm. you say. I don't really uh, keep updated with that so much because I mean, you know, sometimes someone will say it like, "Oh, it's sold out tonight," or "Oh, we're at whatever ninety percent," or "We're at eighty or or something." And um, <clears throat> but uh, I mean. Of course, it's very cool when you sell out. I mean, because it's, yeah, it brings in more money for everyone involved. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not that important to, oh, me, no, not, just, to my, not to sound all like, I don't care about this. Thing. But I mean, yeah, as uh, long as pe- the people who come there are are, are happy mm-hmm. and, and, and in it, then it's amazing, you know? Yeah. It was more my segue to talking about the fact that you guys sold out in 45 seconds in Thailand for your next tour. Yeah. That's, uh, You're such a professional. <laughs> You're such a professional now, Matthias. Oh, yeah. 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 100th episodes and we are just seamlessly into the next Look thing. at you segueing <laughs> like nobody's business. It's the first yes. segue of 130 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, we did, and uh, this has uh, been uh, like on on the online now uh, for a while. Oh, yeah, we sold out in forty five seconds, and I <clears throat> I still can't really believe it. I'm like, nah, nah, something went wrong, you know, somewhere, <laughs> whatever. Yes. But yeah, it seems to be confirmed, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that that because it's a it's a part of the world where we just haven't been yet. Of course, I would have even thought there would be a market for for this kind of music in 
Thailand and kind of the Far East, I guess. Why not? I mean, I don't know. I just, I just never would have. Which is probably my ignorance that I just would never have thought that a market was there for bands like Heilung. I don't know whether Vodrun have ever been out that way or not, but it just, I don't know. It was just kind of like a part of the world I just assumed weren't that into this music. So actually in Denmark, we have this curious thing about bands. Um, when, uh, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's sort of like, a, it, it's, it's ambiguous because um, it, it, it kind of implies that you didn't make it in Europe or the U.S. Um, but we, we, when we, it's something that comes from the nineties when Aqua was a thing and they became like really popular in, in the far East. So, so then we, we talk about them as like, uh, big in Japan. Uh, that's also, uh, that's also an English expression. It, it is. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Because, uh, there's a Tom Waits song called big in Japan, you know, you never heard this one. <laughs> You can I, sing it if you I, want. I don't know the whole thing, but it's just like, like I'm big in Japan. That's the whole thing. <laughs> That's the whole it's, it's just like, like three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just, just <laughs> many English speakers use it though. Um, at least not, not. In the, uh, as often as Danes do. So no. um, yeah, it's definitely but, it's definitely one I've heard. It's not one I would say that I use often, but it's no. It's like David Hasselhoff been massive in Germany, isn't it? Isn't he like a big singer in Germany? I'm pretty sure he's like... Maybe a, he was. I don't know if he is. Or maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm talking about like 10 years ago, but I'm pretty sure maybe, he was like yeah. massive in Germany for like one or two songs and yeah. nowhere okay. else in the world. Yeah, David Hasselhoff. Oh, he's definitely yeah. still following in Germany. Oh, yeah? That, oh, yeah. That's a thing. It's a weird thing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> German. Like... Yeah, well. isn't his in it's in his big famous banger like "Come and Jump in My Car" or something, like that's his one big song. He's like "Jump in My uh, Car." The one and that I've... The, the video where he pulls up to people and he's like "Jump in My Car." <laughs> I'm sure oh, that's the David that sounds song. nice and cringe. No, but and he's, the... probably driving, he's probably driving Kit from or or a version <laughs> of it because of copyright reasons. It's like a Kip. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very well versed in the David Hasselhoff lore. So uh, apparently, I am. Beat <laughs> up on that. <laughs> David Hasselhoffian. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure his big song is "Come and Jump in My Car." I might be wrong. Maybe someone can Google it in the chat. But I'm pretty oh, sure. That's I, I have heard one that's called "I've Been Looking for Freedom." Have you heard that one? Oh, oh no. He- I've been a- looking for freedom. You know, no one sounds very American. <laughs> yes. No, I haven't. But I can just imagine he's got an eagle on oh. his shoulder, and a, I'm sure and he does. I'm sure. And, a, yeah. and an American flag in the background, and he's yeah. waving, in, and he's just waving perfectly in yeah. the wind. Yeah, I'm sure he, he did. He did make a heavy metal song at some point too. Are you kidding me? If if you dare, <laughs> not sure I do. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, but but, uh, but yes, big in Japan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're we're here to talk uh, about your music project, more Um yeah. and we're excited to hear more about that. So uh, let's uh, let's take it away. Um, oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah, you're launching pretty much right about now. 
Yes, I mean, I believe, you know, when we're recording this, it's still a little ways away. But, uh, you know, when it comes out, I think it should be around the time. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really exciting. It's, uh, you know, it's the first time I'm releasing anything just myself as a solo artist. Now I have, of course, I have uh, musicians with me, but uh, yeah, it's it's very exciting. And um, it's uh, for anyone who who doesn't know or hasn't heard my single Elvahoy, which means Elf Mount, then uh, it is uh, it is an EP of Bonholmian folk songs. And Bonholmian is like from Bonholm, the island that I'm from and where I grew up. And and uh, yeah, so um, it's it's it is some folk music that I feel doesn't get enough uh, attention as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only the folk music, but also the dialect. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a linguistics nerd. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you've talked to me about this before. <laughs> we we got into some nice rabbit holes last time. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so I've, I've been very like passionate and, and uh, um, yeah, uh, sort of deepening my knowledge and my, my own skills in the dialect over the last, I don't know, five years or something, um, five, six years. And uh, because, yeah, it's, it's like a lot of other dialects in the world, it's dying out. It's um, it's not being used by the young people anymore. And uh, so I grew up speaking it a little bit, uh, maybe more than I even remember, actually. But then when I became sort of a little older, 11, 12, teenager-y, it just, it just disappeared so quickly because... Mm-hmm. Because Copenhagenish, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the Copenhagen language was the cool language, and was also not only the cool one but also the educated one, um, mm-hmm. and that's been happening, you know, for for actually for a couple of generations. I believe my my mom would be slapped in the face if she spoke Bonholmian in class, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, luckily that didn't happen to to me or any of my peers, but. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's pretty rough when you're as a kid being told your dialect is farmer language. It's lower class. Oh, okay. Sounds yeah. stupid. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. this is this is my constant battle with the Norwegians and Icelanders. They're always like, oh, you guys forced us to speak Danish. No, no. The people from Copenhagen has been forcing us all to yeah, speak. To speak Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. So and it's being subjected to it too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is the thing. It's, it happens all over the place, you know. Uh, I think I don't know about. I mean, if we if we're speaking, if we're talking about European descendant languages, it happens so much. Like it is really so strange. It's this linguistic colonialism. I uh, I don't think I understand it. And but I think it's a it's a type of, you know, it's a type of control, and it's a type of like. Uh, leveling the playing field in a way uh, like if everyone understands this one dialect then it's easier to communicate with the whole country so it's not only a bad thing but it's it just why can't we just be bilingual all of us and know mm. the you know the uh, the main dialect of the government and then also mm. our own our local one Mm-hmm. Um, this I think would be the most beautiful thing. But yeah, yeah I mean, maybe too late. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 something that you know starts proliferating with the. Um, I mean, you already have it, 
back in the 17 and 1600s, of course, but really becomes a thing among the uh, lower classes, the peasantry in the 19th century with the proliferation of the school systems, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you have these uh, teachers that are educated in, you know, facilities that are dominated by the language in the capital, right? Yeah. And exactly. then, you know, that precipitates to the rest of the population. And then at some point you also have like this, you know, these value attachments, right? Where all of a sudden you you sound you, you sound stupid if you if you speak, you know, hillbilly Danish like me. Um, mm. Get you know mocked and uh, when you go to Copenhagen, those kinds of yeah. things. And so yeah, naturally, you know, it just makes people feel bad about yeah. the language they speak, and then they stop speaking it. Of course so they do, and this and it's not strange at all. I mean, when you say that that the teachers were all educated in Copenhagen and some university in Copenhagen. I'm sure if even if the teachers came from somewhere else, they come to Copenhagen and they are surrounded by Copenhagenish professors, then of course they're going to speak like that. And it's the same in any other countries. They're going to adapt their language to sound smarter. And then they're going to go out and do the same, you know, what mm-hmm. just happened to them, they're going to do that to the people out in the provinces. And uh, and it it had been happening continuously, and then yeah, I think the maybe hope the last generations was was my mother's people who were born in the fifties, you know. Um, so um, I, I think so, but so from the teacher side, but th- I think it's mainly because they didn't really have to do it anymore because the mm-hmm. dialect was already almost gone. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's and it's a funky thing. I mean, it's uh, it's it, for me as a linguist, it just kills linguistic diversity, and I think it's really sad. Um, of course, when we, I mean, language is a tool, right? So as long as we can communicate, then it's it's doing its job. Mm-hmm. But if we then go into the more artistic, more mm, yeah, not only artistic but also emotional part of language then i think it's a loss yeah also spiritual yeah yes yeah then then it's a loss yeah i want to i want to throw out some uh some props to an old uh college teacher i had um back in the day lise norb uh, who was from uh, like at Aarhus university she she came from the dark parts of jutland and she always spoke her dialect Mm. um it was it was it was amazing to sit uh, and listen to her, her lectures because it was just like a lot of like really thick Jutlandic dialect, and nice. she did not. <laughs> no, but this is the thing that is you know that's kind of that kind of stuff has always really impressed me when someone mm-hmm. just like nah I'm gonna gonna keep talking like this, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, nice. uh, I'm sure this has been explained to me many a time on here. Sure. What's what's the difference between a dialect and an accent? Like, okay, is- so a dialect has actually specifically different words. An accent only changes the inflection and the pronunciation of the language. So right now I am speaking English, but with a Danish, I don't know, accent, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that is the only thing, and then. Um, 
uh, yeah, so a, a dialect would then be something of when you were talking English, then uh, a dialect is something like, I guess, maybe in maybe yours. I'm sure you have interesting words in Yorkshire than, that are not being used anywhere else. Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah. E yeah. The, the biggest one that everyone says like e-bagum and like quite, <laughs> like it would be quite for, see, we change, we change words for like, so they would say coit instead of coat. So I don't know if that classes because yeah. it's like it's a big difference in the world. It is a big and... difference, but that's the thing that this is the question then because now it becomes complicated. Oh, I've got. Anyways, can I find a? I, there's a good list of we could. This is a fun game we could do. You yeah, what please find it. Please find it. Okay, so this is it. This is where it gets complicated. But this, this is the question. It is a linguistic then discuss discussion whether it is a different word or it's just a different pronunciation. And mm. I think it depends on who you are, actually. I'm sorry, but it it just becomes like whether you understand when someone says, oh, can you get my kite? Or mm -hmm. you don't, you think like, what are you talking about? Your cut or your whatever, you know, like if if it's understandable mm -hmm. to someone else, then I would say it's a dialect. But okay. if it's not understandable, no, if it's understandable, then it's an accent. But if it's not understandable, it's a dialect. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. such a, it's a, like such a small yeah. boundary. I think, so the, the, yeah, the, the Yorkshire dialect will be completely dying out. You don't hear it much anymore. Um, and I pulled up a list of of ones of my, of, of the, yeah, there's a list of old dialect that has disappeared. Yes. I definitely want to see if you guys can see what, they mean me and Alyssa yeah. did this one day and, and there was a few that she was just like not a fucking clue okay go ahead Mat Mateus what were you going to say before sorry I was just going to ask do you guys uh, still use barn instead of child up there oh Ben sometimes yeah. ben, like Ben, ben. yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes that and then people will say like kid for like their but that's for like brother or sister so like my kid okay. brother would be yeah. Oh, yeah, kid sister, kid brother. Okay, yeah. And the kid brother would be like, yeah, just like our kid. So they'd probably say like our kid is mm. like our kids and our my brother. Um, Funny. Oh, that's how fun of like a, a a dialect difference there in vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna throw some easy ones out. Well, yeah. I say easy. Okay, so one would be berit. Okay, use it in a sentence. It's all going to be right. Oh, it's all going to be right. It's all going to be it's right. It's going to be yeah. fine. Um, so then the other one was like A up, which I said before, which is like A up. It's fine. Like what's up? Or Yeah, like A up as in like, I said like a greeting, like, hi, how are you doing? Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> oh, I love this game. Um, oh, chuffing. This is a fun one. Uh, is it being chuffed about something? Like being happy? Um, so it's, no, it's more like an annoyance at something. If it's like, oh. uh, I'm going to, so, okay. So, so it's the way of using it. It's using like the F word. So you'd be like that chuffing, like, let's say if, if Rocco, if Rocco was barking next door and I was a little yeah. bit annoyed, but I didn't want to be like that fucking dog. Mm. You'd be like that chuffing dog. Mm. So, so nice. Uh, I'm going to remember when, when, I, when yeah. I teach this. Oh, um, okay. 
<laughs> this one, this this one's fun. Um, a lug all. So if you need to clean your lug all, your lug all is that your so bag? L U G apostrophe This is a toilet. No, it means you need to clean your ear. Oh, <laughs> a lug all is lug hole. A lug. Well, it, it should be lug hole, but we don't no, pronounce it. We we don't pronounce H's. So no, we but say I'm Lugo. saying it it shouldn't because you don't pronounce H because that's that's correct yeah, yeah. in your all, yeah yeah all like you you get a clip around your lug hole, which is you know I love that what the what the fuck is that I have to figure <laughs> out what that where does from? that come from love uh, and then, okay so okay. put wood if you say you put wood in toil it's <laughs> wood in toil. Put, is it- wo- put wood or put wood in toil. It means a- like close the door. So you put in the wood in the in the toil, which would be a hole. So you put oh the wood. You put the wow. wood in the hole. And put, put wood in put toil. Put wood in toil. It means cl- <laughs> put yeah, wood in toil. Close the door because the you put the the door in the hole. That is, <laughs> it's so. That is this. so good. There's some, uh, I don't think there's, I'm doing this, I'm trying to find the fun ones. I mean, things like mm-hmm. note is kind of obvious. That's nothing, right? Yeah. I've heard um, I've heard that before, yeah. Note. Uh, oh, so E by gum, as I said earlier, is like, that means like, oh my gosh. Like, if yeah. it's a shock, it's like E by gum. Um, I'm just, yeah. Re- like, yeah, we say things like rate. Reet good. Yeah, reet. As in good or sither. So Sither. So if he's like you would say like sither. Okay, so something like see you later or Yeah, so like see the like see the later. Yeah. These are we have (laughs) I never for me when I read these to Alyssa, I was like, these are just normal to me. Like these are just sayings that that i know so the last the last one would be like sling your hook or sling your hook sling your hook so, oh, yes. what? Sling like your... uh say what you want to say no, no it means like get the fuck out of here sling oh, your really? hook. get out <laughs> that's, that's so nice so like sling your get out uh, yeah it's it keeps reminding me of these things so i'm i'm currently renting, renting a place in uh a place called Skelmanthorpe, which is where the lady female Doctor Who is from, actually, just for oh. anybody who's into Doctor Who. Um, but Skelmanthorpe shortened, they shortened it to Shat, which is very odd because to a lot of people, Shat means to shit. Yes. <laughs> um, but they call it, it shortened to Shat, um, and apparently it's because a lot of the workers here used to work in the stone mine, and they used to mm. shatter. It'd be, they'd be called shatters because they'd oh, shatter the wow. stone. And the area yeah. would then be known as shat. And I always that's wondered as a shat, kid yeah. growing up why it was called shat. Because I'm like, no, oh, that's a bit of a funny, funny word. That, but is, apparently, that is really funny. And apparently, Mateus, it's, when um, me and Alyssa were researching it, it said that it was um, Old Norse. One of the, one of the, it comes from Old Norse, a part, part of it, apparently. Um, Shatter yeah. or Skelmanthorpe? 
I'm not sure which part it was. Let me let me see. I mean, I can... Thorpe, Thorpe is a uh, suffix that is very active in Scandinavian in in uh, the late Viking Age and early medieval period. Uh, as like arms. Okay, I've got it here. So it says the village was recorded as uh, Skalmator in the Doomsday Book. Uh, mm-hmm. the, la- the name itself derives from the Norse personal name Skjaldmar and Torp. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Thus having used the meaning outlying farmstead of a man called Skjaldmar. Mm-hmm. That's sense, just, yeah. You have like a, a personal male name attached to to uh, Thorpur. Um, uh, as like, and it's, it's literally because of demographic shifts in the Viking Age. You have uh, more people. And um, there's also mm-hmm. something um, something to be said for perhaps like di- uh, new developments in division of land. So uh, they're actually like there's a new tendency to give land to more uh, inheritors, and uh, that's how you get those outlier farms. And now, of course, mm-hmm. it also has something to do with the wheel plow that's being introduced at the time, so you can better plow land. Uh, yeah. Out there. Uh, before that, um, with those, uh, 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 you know, plows that 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 didn't have uh, wheels on them and and were also a little more uh, r- rustic, I guess. Um, it was pretty difficult to penetrate a lot of the uh, clay uh, lands mm. that you have in uh, yeah. in North Europe. You know, oh, how many yeah. innu- you know how many innuendos you just laid down there with plowing. Penetrating. <laughs> <laughs> Penetrating. It's way uh, too early in the morning for me I for know. to understand what's going to happen. Well, okay, it's only it's 11. But. <laughs> this, this is my <laughs> afternoon already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. It's time for a beat. <laughs> yeah. It's past 12. It's, no. yeah. what, uh, what, what, what's that saying that... Uh, feel like it tends to be like ladies that lunch have when they're having Prosecco in the morning. What is it like? It's 12 o'clock somewhere. Oh, like it's <laughs> 9 o'clock somewhere. Like that's the the typical one that gets said, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Let's, yeah. let's, but, but let's, to- oh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's try to, let's try to get, we, we got, we got many yeah, cases, <laughs> but uh, let's try to do that because, um, because that's the thing, you know, that uh, so all these dialectical things like le- we just had this little game talking about the dialects and we were all fascinated or I don't know about all of you uh, listening, but I was very fascinated. <laughs> Hopefully. And yeah, I think so. And uh, I mean, it's uh, oh, someone loved it. Oh, nice. So but anyways, uh, that that's the thing about about languages. It brings up the, those small dialects. It brings up so many feelings and especially the Bonholmian dialect for me, of course, because I grew up around it. I mean, my my mom is like native Bonholmian, and uh, my dad is is uh, like more from Zealand, which is mm-hmm. the other like the main island or whatever of of, of Denmark. Uh, so I grew up with with both, right? Both sort of Copenhagen-ish and then Bonholmian. Uh, but my mom also kind of would stop uh, speaking the dialect when she was around my my dad's family and uh it, it's just a natural thing you you want to feel connected you want to uh fit in right mm-hmm. but uh so that means that i heard it mainly from my mom when she would 
sing me lullabies as well. So sometimes in the dialect or just, you know, tell me stories about her dad and the stories that he used to tell her and these kind of things. And, uh, and then when I was around my mom's family, so that's where I learned it a little bit. And that's also how I've been able to learn it again, because I've just been like, okay, insisting on speaking the dialect with my mom. If I talk to her on the phone, if I go visit her, I try to just insist on speaking it, even when it's Mm -hmm. not about something easy peasy, not about something funny, actually about something serious, something emotional, something spiritual, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that has just made my, my dialect go up, 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 uh, and made me feel more at home in it. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's when then, because I, I got a job when I was uh, still studying uh, linguistics, I got a job as a, as like a, a student helper on this project, which is called the Bonholmian Dictionary. So it is, uh, there's been a lot of dictionaries made, you know, the latest in 19... I don't know, 1908 or something. But then uh, now they wanted to make an updated online version. So mm. I got to help with that and therefore had to sit and, and read this, this the dictionary and make sure that everything was recorded perfectly by the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and therefore I got to read so many of those incredibly funny and lovely words that are in the language and also the history of them, because then the dictionary would say, oh, and it's like this in Icelandic or this in Jutlandian or this in Scanian, you know, South Swedish. So would also put the, the connections with the other Scandinavian languages. So it was just super exciting for me uh, to look at that. And that then inspired me to be like, oh, wow, what if I could actually feel confident enough with the dialect myself to sing it and to mm-hmm. record it? And so mm. when Corona hit, then I had time to do it, to really invest in it and uh, get some recording gear and, uh, you know, a nice microphone and mm. whatever you need. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I started slowly, slowly. And I, the first person I called to help me with it was, is this, uh, uh, this violinist who lives on the island and he's been playing folk music for, many many years i mean he's i want to say 70 now mm-hmm. around that age and just, has been sorry, sorry to interrupt quickly how big is the island just so people get an idea because i always oh, when, yeah. you, when you said bono <clears throat> i was like uh, just your family that lived there but i guess oh, not no 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 there's like uh, a little less than forty thousand people okay so, so it's it's it's, it's, a, it's substantial it's, it's middling size i would say I always just say small island because it's it's compared to like Sealand or mm, right or, okay okay or other when, islands yeah when you said small island to me I always just thought it was like you know a smattering of people like or like just a few little, yeah a really, fishing village where quaint, everyone wears yeah, sweaters yeah that's that's what I thought a quaint <laughs> thing and then as there's the conversation has gone on I'm like this this sounds like actually quite a big island yeah no it is it is guy's so violinist. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but the violinist. So I I contacted him and and uh, I mean he plays in like symphony orchestras and stuff and and then also uh, and also folk music. So and he was very excited about the project and so that kind of gave me more blood on the tooth, as we say in Danish, uh, to keep doing it like more um, ambition mm-hmm. or whatever. 
to keep working with it. And then I uh, found some more musicians, some really cool musicians who've been working with this folk music for decades. And I'm just can't even begin to tell you how humbled and honored I am that they actually wanted to be part of my project, you know, my whatever newfangled uh, mm-hmm. version of Bonhomian folk music, even though, I mean, I would say actually it's, it's keeping with tradition while still trying to put a modern twist on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to define, but anyways. Um, and then I found, uh, she's, she's one of my really good friends, uh, Fika. She's, uh, she's from, from the Netherlands and the uh, Fika van den Hirp is her name. And she has a studio and she's a sound producer and, uh, and an accordionist as well. Really, really good. And, uh, and so we started working together on this project and it all sort of slowly, slowly over the whole Corona period came together. And, uh, and yeah, so I released a single here in, in, in August called Elvahai and, um, meaning elf mound and, uh, it's a very well-known folk song all over Scandinavia, actually. Uh, a story of some, usually a man, I think always a man, who goes out uh, riding or walking in the forest, and he gets tired. He lays his head down on a green mound, and then elves appear and dance around him and try to lure him into the mound. And uh, in many versions, it is quite clear that the elves are malicious they're trying Mm -hmm. to get him into the mound for him to sleep there forever uh or in the danish version herr olof they actually curse him uh, so that he arrives dead at his wedding isn't it yes i think yeah 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 he just arrives dead on his horse at a wedding very macabre but how um, sinister is that yeah not nice elves. elves yeah well these are elves as in elven ladies that are the same size as human beings this is uh, definitely the feeling i get from all of the all of the versions i've heard and are they female yes okay yeah they are being described as female and in the bonhomian version they are um like she the the elven maid is described not an as an elf it's only actually the title that's called elvahoy and the in the rest of the song she's only described as a, a maiden in yomfo okay basically like um uh, uh yeah so a maiden and then uh she comes and tries to you know say like if you come into the mound with me i'll give you gold and i'll teach you to be as fast you can catch a hare and you will be strong enough to bind a dog and you will uh, you will never long for home and uh and then uh then what happens is what is different from the other versions of this uh, of this folk song, is that they with when the rooster crows they disappear. This is the same as the other folk songs, but the protagonist of the Bonholmian folk song is very sad about it. It's mm. like the the because the the chorus of each verse is oh yeah wobli hunu and it means oh yes where did she go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This beautiful elven maid who's promising me gold and like all beautiful things, and she brushes my hair, and and then she just disappears. What mm. you know? I just I just love that. I just Come love on. that version of it. What a tease! <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, then just one rooster crows, and she just buzzes off. You know, too bad. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I mean, but, I mean, yeah. Like but one yeah. of the cool things about Bonhomme um, is that there's still so much folklore there. There's, mm. uh, there's still, um, you know, there's still the elves, you know, mm -hmm. hanging around, at, at least in like the, uh, the minds of people. Mm. Um, like where, you know, most of the rest of Denmark, people have forgotten about all of that stuff, but it's still very much alive uh, on Bornholm. It, I think it makes it uh, a really special place. Yeah. Uh, It's also a very, very interesting um, island. I mean, for mm -hmm. those who aren't aware, it's located closer to uh, Sweden and Poland than mainland or main island Denmark, at least. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's also sort of a, a little isolated uh, in that sense mm. uh, from 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 Denmark, at least, not from. Sweden and Poland, for that matter. <laughs> no, but but still, I mean, in the old and olden days, I guess it was also still quite a journey to go from Bonhoeffer to to Sweden. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, today it it takes uh, with with the big catamaran, it takes an hour and fifteen minutes. But uh, but you know, with a with a small uh, with a wooden boat or whatever, I guess it would take a, a little bit of a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't know how long actually, um, like a day. I don't know, half a day. Depends. Probably. Yeah, but something like that so mm -hmm. it's not something you just <clears throat> go back and forth mm -hmm. every day uh, mm -hmm. also because the the sea there can be a little bit treacherous sometimes um so uh but but yeah so it's 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 an interesting place in that way also and i think the you know dialects are always interesting um but uh but i think to me of course i'm not biased at all but i think the bonhomian dialect is more interesting than the other <laughs> no no but it, but just because it has been so isolated for a long time that it has a lot of uh you know a lot of elements of uh danish but mainly it has elements of east nordic mm. right east uh east danish no sorry east danish yeah uh so, so because uh, all of Denmark and southern Sweden is all was all the East Danish area. Mm -hmm. Like, if you take not all of Denmark, sorry, the peninsula is West Danish, and then you have the islands and 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 Bornholm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, southern yeah. Sweden. So it with has so it has that with with like a weird cut in the middle of Fyn. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. If uh, the Swedes hadn't killed off the Danes in Scania in the 1600s, then uh, you could find similar dialects there. Yeah. Um, they've um, mostly been replaced with uh, versions of uh, uh, Upland dialect, I mm. guess. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, so it's 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 just really interesting, and you can see you can still see the connections to some uh, like Scanian and uh, other Southern Swedish dialects with the Bonhomian dialect. And but it's all you know. I think it's all just happened like crisscross. Uh, there's been trade. There's been traveling. There's been uh, intermarrying. There's been all this stuff going on. So it has mm. a very Danish basis, but but the sound of it is is much closer to Swedish. And uh, other Bonholmians will probably not like me saying this, <laughs> but it it just is true. There's such a thing as a dialectic, like a dialect continuum, as it's called. And and it's just it's just true, and uh, doesn't make it less special or less, you know, whatever it is. So mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so uh, yeah, so that is what I started doing. And then now the, you know, around the time where this comes out, the whole EP will come out. And uh, that is a collection of uh, five songs. Um, so the single and then four others. And um, uh, one of them is uh, like uh, close to being a cappella. There's just a drone under it uh, because it is a, uh, it's the herding call. So, you know, like you've heard about the Swedish kulning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a herding call to call the cows home. And uh, <clears throat> if you've ever heard kulning, like how it's how it has been done, not not only as a as a feature on a song, but actually to call the cows, it's not always that beautiful. Like <laughs> it, <clears throat> sometimes it really like. You know, like it's not, it's not just like this uh, airy fairy stuff. It's really like, uh, I know. and this is the thing. So the the uh, herding call that I have recorded is uh, has um, mainly lyrics. It's only lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, whereas some Swedish ones are are lyricless. Uh, and it's called Hört Riviem, and that. Her is a, is a Bonhomian word that basically means the same as hey or ho or something. Mm-hmm. And the rest of Danish doesn't really have it as far as I know. I've never really heard it. Just like we have hi, but it's a bit different. I don't know. Because we also have hi in Bonhomian. So her is just like, ah, 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 like come, come. Uh, and driviem uh, just means like drive on or, or go on home. And uh, and it's 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 really cool because... So first of all, okay, yeah, it does. I think it it's more than being beautiful. It's more like it's more demanding in a way. Uh, and I haven't really sung like that on a recording before. Not that I've recorded that much, but still, just it was a little. Uh, I had to really just you know will myself to sing like mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, also because you know I don't know. It's like sometimes when you grow up and you sing a lot, like I have there's a lot of pressure to always sound pretty mm-hmm. and uh, it's very nice to break out of that. That's Heilung has helped me a lot with that. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not only prettiness in Heilung, so it's very mm-hmm. nice. Um, but, uh, but anyways, so, so, um, but, but I, I love that song so much because the first time I heard it, uh, actually, I just, I found it in this collection of folk songs that, uh, this guy made uh, in uh, like around the turn of the last century, like uh, 18 to 19. Um, and uh, he made this whole collection. He went out to the farms and, and wrote down the songs, just like the Brothers Grimm did with the folk tales. Um, so uh, was, we're very lucky that he did that because otherwise they would have probably disappeared with the industrialization. Um, the onslaught of it. So, um, but I I saw it there, and then I realized that actually someone else had recorded it before, and uh, that was uh, that was really cool. It was this uh, this couple called Henning and Katrin, and they uh, have been uh, they recorded it in a very beautiful version, and I got very inspired by that. So I wanted to record it as well, and um, <clears throat> and it's just it's lovely because I. I thought I should try it in the field to see if it actually does something, it actually works. Mm-hmm. And I figured out that so far, at least, most cows that I've met don't really care. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I was hoping I could drive through 
the Yorkshire Dales with my windows down and have yeah. it playing and then just be like the Pied Piper of cows. Well, it depends <laughs> because there were some, I think they are a type of highland cattle or whatever, like they, they are at least they're white and then they have this black spot here okay. on both sides. I, I, I don't know if they're like really fluffy, very okay. cute, but they were standing around uh, on the north of, of Bonholm uh, in the island when I was there. And I sung this Hörtrivien to them and they did look at me and one did come. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> it worked a little bit. Okay. But sheep, sheep love it. They are like, ah, and just like ran towards me and were just like, yes, yes, we're ready for bed. You know? <laughs> so maybe someone got the animal mixed up or you were like, no, slightly... but I think it was, it was used for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was used wow. for 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 cows and sheep, all all livestock, I think. Um, but I just I just love that <laughs> to mm-hmm. try it and just sing it, and then those sheep were just like coming over to me, like, "Yes, yes, we're here. Yeah, okay." So, you, so you Ooh. might have to Ooh. release this with a with a disclaimer when you when you release the song. Yeah, like don't <laughs> don't don't play it around cow. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't play it around cattle. You might get get uh, uh, how do you say? Uh, and Grebel. Uh, uh, attacked. <laughs> attacked. There we go. Yes. Stampeded. Lovingly, lovingly attacked by hungry cattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's it's really nice. And uh, yeah, then there's a couple other songs. I don't want to tell about mm. all of them, but I wanted to tell about that one. And yeah. uh, and uh, and then I have one cover actually. Oh. on the EP and uh, I think I want to keep it a secret until it comes out yeah okay um but it's uh it's it's really nice I just I got the idea on a whim to translate uh another Nordic song into Bonholmian um oh, nice. and uh because I just felt like it it sort of felt right mm-hmm. and I I translated it with the help of uh, of the guy who's the head uh of this Bonholmian dictionary project he helped me with it. It's really cool, and um, to to get it uh, to to sort of match the original lyrics well, and uh, yeah, it was it's really cool. Um, nice. Look forward to it. Yeah. So do you do you feel an extra pressure with it being? Because you're obviously proud of being from Bonholm yeah. and these doing and singing these folk songs. Um, mm. Does that add pressure to you kind of putting that out into the world, your kind of rendition of these? Yes. I mean, I have a a very strong feeling, though, that most people on the island and other also other folk singers or or, or people who work with the dialect or, or just are proud of it, that they are also just mainly just happy when someone tries Mm -hmm. and does something. Um, there are, you know, there are naysayers and and critics. Uh, I've already had a couple of those. Oh no! But that's but that's what? okay. That's okay. You know, oh, fuck them. You know, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but but you know, I think it when it comes to dialects like that, people get so they, it's so emotional for them. Of course. Especially, especially people who have been speaking it their whole life and just seeing it dwindle and disappear. And then, then they should be happy that you're trying to do something to, to bring it back and put it into the. Yes, but you know I don't know their life story or whatever. It, it no. could be that they just, uh, just because 
they love it so much. They have this very strong idea of how it should be. And, um, mm -hmm. and then they feel like what I did is, is wrong and is more creating they, problems than, than helping. Well, but it's really not, I mean, honestly, it's like, but it's like a couple of people. I'm, I'm not, it's not a lot. It's really not a lot. Mainly the reaction that I've gotten is just, um, just joy. Um, a lot of uh, people saying thank you to me where I had to cry because it's, oh, you know, it's yeah. just, it's really beautiful. If, if I can be a part of a, of a movement to, to try mm. and, and keep this alive or revive it even, I yeah. mean, it would be amazing yeah. if I can inspire younger people or more people my own age to, to try and work with it or, you know, make their own versions of it or, you know, whatever they want because it's theirs. You know, mm -hmm. folk music I, belongs to people. I hope uh, I hope you inspire a new generation of Americans to learn Bonholmian. Yeah. <laughs> they <Same>. are learning. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You, you never know what's going to catch on. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what's going to catch hey, on. Man, I, like, <laughs> mm, you never know. Yeah. yeah. So before we before we wrap up, I think we're getting to to probably oh, yeah. you're gonna to need to to go. Time I think flies. um yeah. Oh, I had an idea from from earlier from doing the, the dialect. And I was you when you said um blood on the tooth earlier has been mm -hmm. a, a Danish name, I was mm -hmm. curious if you could think of any more that was specific to to Denmark because when me and Alice had this big talk of mm. which I think is fascinating when you speak when you really speak to people from another kind of country and culture mm. of like different phrases that you would use for things that I find bonkers. So one, for mm. example, one, one that she had was like walk around the porridge, which would be to like beat around the bush. Yeah. Mm. Like walk around the porridge. Yeah. That's, that's fucking mental to me. What do you mean yeah. walk around the porridge? That's well, insane. It's actually, it's actually like, uh, so yeah, this is in Denmark. We say uh, like the cat walking around the porridge. Like, okay. like a cat around the warm porridge or the hot porridge. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it's a cat who's like walking around and waiting until it maybe can eat it or there's nobody looking at it. So oh, it's like, okay. Because I think um, when we think of porridge today, we think of just like oats, you know, oatmeal or something mainly mm -hmm. or barley porridge or whatever. But I think uh, the type of porridge they're talking about is probably one that has some ham in it or some bacon or something, mm. you know, that, that's, uh, a, that's another thing that I find insane. Like sa savory porridge. We don't have that. It, <laughs> like it I don't have used to be a porridge. big thing. You, you used to, you used to have savory porridge. We all used to eat savory porridge in, in yeah. Europe. It's yeah. In that a lot. Corner of Europe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, the, the easiest type of food to make really mm. um so well, i still yeah. i still fuck it up <laughs> i still i see the two runny or two stiff yeah. uh, what other good sayings do we have in denmark we mm. i mean uh, we have yeah all, i'm trying to think we have all those weird curses right and stuff like oh, that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is May poison like a uh, main main am I, isn't it? Conjure. May yeah, poison. conjure me. Or so the 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 word ilva, which in uh, Icelandic is eiter, uh yeah. is 
it's really interesting because it's uh, it's associated with ice, it's associated mm-hmm. with poison, and it has some kind of weird association with the underworld as well. So okay. yeah, yeah. So so there's there's probably this is probably something that re- references the underworld and and okay. and and something like that. So um, yeah, uh, uh, may may poison conjure me or yeah may poison conjure me and kraft ilme which yeah. is may cancer eat me well power i think the power of the devil i think it is referring oh, to oh is it yes because i was not sure because it seemed like such an old thing <laughs> that cancer wasn't really a thing no yeah i don't know, think back then yeah well not 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 mentioned as such i think mm. yeah but okay Literally- so May the power of hell consume me. Yeah. So that's something you would say, like, uh, I, I, if you want to say, I don't want to do that, but then you want to put an extra emphasis on it. Then you say, I may power of hell eat me. Don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. You really do not want to do that. But yeah. you can also add more to it, Kraft Illa Perkme. A Kraft Illa Perkme, and yet what is that? I think, uh, I, I I do not know what the hell no. pack. But, yeah, so. There's a lot of uh, funkiness. It's so fascinating. <laughs> but I just I just had one. Oh, yeah, someone commented. I saw a comment um, pop up with Ulveri Mosen. But that is in... So that means, I think that's uh, Norwegian, meaning mm-hmm. wolves in the bog. But in Danish, we say ula imos, and that means owls in the bog. Oh, so, the and owl. that means the something, something is amiss. Like mm. there's something up here. Okay. Then you say, mm, there are owls in the bog. <laughs> and I think it makes so much more sense if you're talking about wolves, because... Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit if there's an owl? You know, like, whoo, like, what? This is actually kind of interesting. You find in some place names in Denmark, the confusion between wolves and owls. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. someone just commented that it is also wolf, uh, owls in uh, Norwegian. Oh, so okay. I don't know. Oh. Well, something about the owl also something, you know? They are not what they seem. They're very wise. Yes. The wise little... They've all, they've all got a little monocle. Every owl. They do. They do. Pull it out from under the wing when they need to investigate something. Yeah, but, but they're, the up, is, they're up to summit. <laughs> like, why are they in the bog? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, something weird's going on if all the owls are in the bog, to be fair. It's true. It's They're, they're, they're having a parliament. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're having something. Yeah. It's called right. a parliament of owls. You know this, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or that is at least, you know, what it says on the internet. Oh, oh. oh. Dying Kopoisen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Yes, there's and no cow on the ice. <laughs> there's no cow on the ice. Do you know the, the continuation of that one? I do not. No, please. The continuation me. is Dying Kopoisen, not to bean erpolent. Like, oh. there's no cow on the ice when two legs are on land. So, if your cow only has two legs on the ice, it's not a problem. It's not going to drown if it falls through. <laughs> okay. okay. So, but if so, that, but it just means so don't there's no cow commit. on the ice. Huh? 
Is that like don't fully commit or like sitting on the fence type thing? No, like... it means don't worry. It mm-hmm. means don't worry. So uh, it says, oh, like, there's worry, no cow on the ice. Don't worry about <laughs> we, it. You know, just... I, I know you, yeah. it looks like it's going to shit, but your cow still has two legs on the land. You know, there's still something that can save you. But it must make a difference if it's the front two or the back two. Because I feel like if it's the front two, it's going in head first. If it's the back two, it might uh, be depends to... on the steepness of the bank, you know. You oh, know. I mean, what if it's the side two? What if it's two on the side? Oh, uh, yeah, then you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird that, saying. I don't know. That, you know, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, right? Because... Yeah, we've shortened it down. So we just say there's no cow on the ice. And nobody knows what the hell that means. <laughs> like, like, I know. Okay, okay. I know it sounds like it's a problem if there's a cow on the ice. But still, I mean, why? Like, Whose ice is it? Whose cow is it? What is? But it's, yeah, it's if it's your cow and two legs are still on land. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Let's wrap it up on that one. Yeah, yeah. That's um, a good one. <laughs> it was as fun as always. You know, you're welcome back here anytime. Um, thank you we always end up going down some rabbit holes and on tangents but it's always good fun uh yeah, yeah you're, you're welcome back at any time you 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 find time to come join us thank you yes. so much please do yeah it was really yeah. lovely talking to you guys yeah and when does the the ep come out on the 12th of october on the 12th of october everybody yeah. go and listen to it stream it can they buy it can people buy it uh, just... Yes, on on like uh, iTunes and uh, on Bandcamp as well. If you go on Bandcamp, mm-hmm. you can find it uh, just under my my name. Yeah, go go and buy it. Support you. You're one of my favorite guests we ever have on here because it's just Aww. it's always so much fun. And um, you're mm-hmm. as lovely in person as you are in here as well. So thank you very much for your time, and I, and I wish you all the best this evening with the concert as well. Yes, thank yes. you very much. And I, I wish. Wish all the best to Maria, Chris, and Kai as well from me and Matthias. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I will. I will. So, okay. Matthias, uh, oh, Emma, uh, where can people find you? Oh, yeah. So, uh, I, I think a good place is probably, yeah, either on, on Bandcamp if you want to follow what I what I release. And then uh, also on my Instagram, which is just emilielorenzen.music. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I also have a Facebook page. It's just Emily Lorenzen artist page. I think I, mm-hmm. I named it now just to, to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Perfect. Matthias, just the usual Matthias Nordvig on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that exciting. Um, uh, yeah, so you can find me on uh, Instagram uh, doing my madness. You can also always check out my website, which is just my name, Um I have recently um, been led into the fold at Cult Nation, where I will start writing things about uh, bands and festivals that I go see, and also stuff about the occult and, uh, nice. and Nordic stuff. So uh, that will also uh, be a possibility to find me there uh, in nice. the future. Nice. So Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Sounds fun. Um, yeah. Obviously you can support me, Daniel and Scott Farron, one on Instagram or Horns of Odin. If Daniel and Scott one. I say I, I got told off for this. I'm saying it too quick. Yeah. I, Daniel underscore Farron. What? Maybe that's why I don't have as many followers as Mateus. 
<laughs> so people no one can hear it because I just speak. I just speak too fast. <laughs> oh, I, I'm glad you pulled me up. No, the thing is that you only otherwise find me on Instagram. That's why. So people. Yeah, maybe that's. That's what I'm going to stick to. I'm going to think of that. <laughs> no, but if you if you can, please support us on Patreon. Obviously, it's the best way to really help support the show. I think we've got we've started getting a back catalog on there before they released to the public. So I think we're three episodes ahead. So if you get up to date and you want more, you can jump over and then you know this episode will go on there two or three weeks before it actually releases to public. So that's. That's a perk now, and we're going to be adding more. Mateus, I know you're going to be doing some educational bits, and we're starting to add more content on there. And obviously, you get all the story times we did with Jonas. Um, yeah. he, he must be fun around the fire at Christmas. <laughs> he, he must put on a performance. Oh, yes, yes. Since he was a babe. Oh, I don't uh, know. But since he was four and I was born. <laughs> <laughs> For as long as you serve him, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, that also uh, brings me to uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, questions regarding the rune uh, lectures that I'll be doing both online and in person through ritual craft in uh, October and November. A lot of people have been asking if uh, it would be possible to uh, access recorded versions. And we are going to put um, some videos, educational videos on runes on patreon as well so so that's an option if uh if you miss out on on the lectures that i do so um cool. that's hopefully uh, generate a couple of more patreon supporters <laughs> okay let's get let's get out of here thank you very yes. much it was uh, really just, lovely it was a pleasure as always yeah for sure take care see you later Mateus. thank mm-hmm. you for everybody who, who joined bye thanks everybody bye